then I saw a marker on the side of the path to a, a pilgrim who had died at that spot, trying to trying to um, get up the Camino. Hmm. And I, you know, I kind of, I kind of realized that it, it put my challenges in perspective because I realized that, you know, a lot of folks would love to trade their challenges with me that day. And and even though I was having a bad day on the Camino, I was on the Camino. And and the lesson for me was that even when you have a bad day doing something you love, it, it's better than most days doing something you don't. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining yours truly, Ryan Caligiuri, on this week's episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where every single week I'm reading a book, condensing it down to its core golden nuggets. I'm bringing the author on the show to have a conversation about the golden nuggets, and I'm here with you every single week, just trying to save you a little bit of time and bring you some information that could spark real change in your life. So what are we talking about this week? This week, we have the book, The Camino Way, Lessons in Leadership from a Walk Across Spain with Victor Prince. Now, Victor is not the only person that we've had on the show who has also taken this walk, the walk of the El Camino del Santiago. We had on John Izzo a few weeks ago, and I mentioned that in the podcast as well, where these two individuals, they actually walked this this path for 30 days. And as they walked this path, they came to a whole bunch of realizations that helped them in business, in life, with their relationships. And I find it very interesting. And at the end of this interview, you know, after talking to John, I really didn't feel the urge to walk it. But obviously this one here, the Camino Way, it's all about this walk and the leadership lessons that he learned on the way. Now I feel interested enough to go and do this walk myself to see what kind of inspiration I can pull from it. In any case, it's an interesting interview. Lots of good takeaways from this. So give it a listen. Let me know what you think. And I'll catch you back here at the end of the episode. Enjoy. Victor, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Ah, thanks so much for coming on the show and for making time for myself and everyone there and Cut the Crap Podcast Nation. And I'm excited to get you on the show today because this is an interesting book. And this is a book that digs deep into your thought process, how you changed while doing this walk across Spain. And interesting enough, you're not the first one to be on Cut the Crap Podcast who has done this walk before. A couple of weeks ago, we had on um, author John Izzo talking about the five thieves of happiness. And he too walked the Camino Way and found it was very, I guess, very inspiring. And uh, and for him, he, yeah. he he changed who he was as a person. So now that we're digging into this book, you know, I'd really like to understand, you know, how that changed you. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. But before you get really into the book and we start talking about that, maybe introduce yourself to Cut the Crap Podcast Nation. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you wrote the book in the first place. Well, I'm a. Uh, this is my third book, so I'm an author, a speaker, a trainer, and a coach. All that with uh, with uh, focusing on leadership, because I worked in uh, the government and corporate space for about 20 years, and then about five years ago, I started writing books and and uh, doing training and, and coaching around that as well. So it's it's been uh, it's been a fun ride. So when you first started doing your 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 walk across Spain, for example, like what drew you to that in particular, and why was it so? I don't know, maybe life-changing is, is too big. But you know, from what I've heard and what I've seen and obviously what I've read, is it is life-changing. So, so why, why did that happen? Well, you know, what's funny is, is I do uh, trails for a hobby. So I mostly on bikes, but I've done trails all over the world. And the reason I did the Camino really had nothing to do with um, the spiritual okay. part of the trail or anything. I just, did it, I just did it because it was one of the few places on Earth where you can 
hike for 30 days without camping. Gotcha. <laughs> I hate, I don't want to carry it. I don't, I don't want to carry a tent and food and, and sleep outside. So that I kind of stumbled into it that way, but right. it, uh, you know, I did it just because it was a trail, but it, it ended up being much more than that. Yeah, you did it. So you did it for the challenge and it's you're not alone on that one. Apparently this one's just attracts tens of thousands of people every single year. And what is it about this yeah. trail in particular that really draws people out every single every single year? Is it just is it because it's just the challenge like you or is it the spiritual aspect? Is it a little bit of A, a little bit of B? Yeah, you know, it's it's um it's a combination I found of a physical challenge and it's also this uh this combination of you get uh, this this alone time with yourself to kind of reflect on your own your past and, and kind of what your hopes and dreams are. But then you combine that with you meet people from around the world um, and then you share this intense experience with them. And it, it, it becomes, I think that's what makes it a, a life-changing experience for a lot of people who do it because it, it, it helps them both reflect upon themselves but learn so much about others. And in many ways, that, that's a great way to learn about yourself is by meeting others as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's kind of where the book came about. And it's a collection of a lot of your lessons that you've learned through that walk. And what we're going to do today, Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, is we're going to focus on seven golden nuggets, seven takeaways. And essentially, a lot of these come with stories that, you know, Victor took from his walk through um, through Spain. So why don't we cut right into this one, Victor? And let's go to golden nugget number one, sure. which is which says that welcome each day, its pleasures and its challenges. So this is all about setting reasonable goals and celebrating small pleasures along the way. So how did you come to this lesson in particular? Yeah, so I'll just introduce briefly the, the seven lessons themselves. I, I kind of stumbled on them because every pilgrim gets a, a credential or a passport, and, and you get these stamps as you go along the way to, to prove that you walk the walk, mm-hmm. and it allows you to get into the hostels, and it also it's what you use to get your certificate at the end. And then, so you know, the first couple of days I was really – uh, focused on getting my stamp collection, but then about uh, about three four days in, I looked on the back of that credential, and there are these seven values that um, that pilgrims are supposed to live by while they're on the trail, and, and they really struck me because they weren't they weren't religious and they weren't particularly complex, but they just uh, you know they really they struck a tone with me. And then as I walked, I just I, I reflected on these and, and just thought, geez, I wish I had hmm. I wish I really lived these values as I was a manager and a leader and in the corporate and government world. And, and that's kind of where we went. And so the first one of those, as you mentioned, is welcome each day, it's pleasures and it's challenges. And I usually, uh, I usually describe this by, by sharing a story. So, uh, you know, every day on the Camino, when you're walking about 15 miles, 25 kilometers a day for, for 32 days to get across Spain. So every day is full of challenges and, and pleasures. And uh, in some ways, the most challenging day I had was, uh, was about day eight or so, maybe day 10. And it, it, was, it was the day because the day before I had to walk 24 miles in one day. Oof. And the reason I did that was because I had, because I screwed up in my planning and I, <laughs> I kind of, uh, I, I jammed two, two days together into one. So, <laughs> you know, the next morning I wake up and I'm, I'm sore as can be. I'm, I'm mad at myself for, for making that dumb mistake. And then uh, the whole day I started, this is July in Spain. And I, I start the day and for like the first two hours, I'm just staring at this hill that I have to go over. You know, it's just like taunting me ahead of me. And it's a pretty hot day in July in Spain. And then, you know, but I just had that moment. And I was like, what the heck, what on earth am I doing? There's no way I'm going to be able to walk across Spain. This is a pretty crazy thing to do. But I kept walking, and I got about halfway up that hill. And then I saw a marker on the side of the path to a, a pilgrim who had died at that spot, trying to trying to um, get up the Camino. Hmm. And I, you know, I kind of I realized that it put my challenges in perspective because I realized that, you know, a lot of folks would love to, trade their challenges with me that day. And, and even though I was having a bad day on the Camino, I was on the Camino. And, and the lesson for me was that 
even when you have a bad day doing something you love, it, it's better than most days doing something you don't. Absolutely. So I, I kept going up the hill, and, and then when I got to the top of the hill, I, there was just, just this gorgeous, gorgeous uh, view for miles and miles of the, of the path stretching and turning. And I took a picture, and in many ways that picture changed my life because when I got back, I wrote a blog about the Camino, and I used that picture as kind of the, the headline. And that blog went viral worldwide and, and snowballed into this book deal. And um, so when, when I had to come to dedicate the book, um, I ended up dedicating it to to the man whose name was on that marker on the mm. side, Jose G. Valenia, because he, did, he didn't make it to the top of the hill to see that site, mm. but he helped me get there, and, and by doing so, he changed my life. So wow. that was a real lesson I learned about. Really welcome the challenges every day, because if you're doing something you love, the challenges are a good part of it. No kidding. It's a great story, man, to kick things off. And again, this is what we talk Thanks. about a, a lot, a lot on Cut the Crap Podcast, is this idea of, of perspective shift. You know, with you, you found small pleasures that really motivated yourself, that motivated the pilgrims. And, you know, you start your day, you know, before breakfast and you start off on the right note. And, you know, you look at people who who have jobs and people who are probably going on, on into their work right now. You know, either you're probably in the gym, on the subway, in your car, maybe you're walking to work, on the bus, whatever. And you're thinking, oh, man, I got to go to this job and <laughs> I don't really want to do this. And, right. you know, this is all about really perspective shift and, and finding joy in the fact that you have a job. There's a lot of people out there who don't have jobs, a lot of people out there who wish they could be working Absolutely. right now. And you have to have that perspective shift to realize that, you know, I got to be grateful for what I have right now because there's a lot of people who maybe don't have what I have. And maybe I should be blessed and shift your perspective. Think about the first day that you started the job, how excited you were. And there's so many different Absolutely. different people out there and different experience that we have is very negative and the reason why I like this story is because it helps us bring us back to center and helps us to again provide us with a little bit of perspective so really glad we opened up the podcast with that very powerful story that's awesome man so golden Nug- well said Ryan you said it well too so with golden nugget number two we talk about making others feel welcome so at some point during your career and this is what you talked about in the book you stopped making small talk during meetings at your company and the Camino, what it did was it shifted your perspective again, and it reminded you to greet people in a meaningful way. So talk to us about the importance of making others feel welcome. Yeah, so that, you know, the, the story I share in the book is, is kind of like a before versus after. So before, when I, when I was the COO of a, of a big government agency, you know, I would uh, I'd chair a lot of meetings, and then I'd really, I'd really focus on getting through the agenda and diving right in. And then what I realized was that, you know, for a lot of the people who were kind of presenting that day, they may have been working for you know, weeks on their presentation and, and they didn't get a chance to you know, sit down with the COO and others uh, pretty often. So I, I felt pretty bad after that because I wasn't taking the time to make them feel welcome to that meeting. I was just digging right in. So that was a kind of a before story. So when I was on the Camino, I got the, I learned the power of making others feel welcome in, in, a, in a really powerful way. And um, there's a story that, to that. So um, one night, about, about a third of my way in the Camino is when my blister started. Yeah, hitting me because every every pilgrim kind of fights with blisters, and then I, I limped to this little town called Nahara. And as I got, I went out to dinner and I showed some other pilgrims my blisters because if you go in the, this is what pilgrims do. They show each other their blisters and they have all kinds of, you know, <laughs> all kinds of strategies. Mm. Uh, so the the other pilgrims said, you know, those look like they're getting infected, and you should go to the pharmacy down the road and, and get something for those. And there was only one pharmacy in town, so I limped there. And when I got there, the the the, the store was closed. There was a sign on the door that said closed and I didn't knock, but there was an older man, um, gentleman in there cleaning up, and he, he came to the door, and he cracked the door open, and he just said one word to me. He said, peregrino, which is the Spanish word for pilgrim. Hmm. And I said, I said, see, and 
I showed him my blister as a way to tell him what I needed because I didn't, I didn't learn that word in high school Spanish. <laughs> so he said, un momento, and he pushed this button on a box outside the door. And about five, maybe ten minutes later, a very irritated pharmacist showed up, <laughs> and she asked me what what heart med- she asked me what heart medication I needed, and I said no, 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 I just <laughs> just got a blister, you know. And so she she gave the old man the dirty, a really dirty look, and said some words that they don't teach in Spanish, <laughs> uh, but she gave me the prescription, and the old man was like, oh, you know, I didn't understand the the American, you know, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but then after she gave me the prescription, the old man walked me to the door, and as we got to the door. He winked at me and he shook my hand with a conspiratorial smile and said, Wayne Camino. So that, that old man knew exactly what he was doing. He knew he was going to get in trouble, but he decided to, um, he saw a stranger in need and he decided to be a, a kind stranger. So that, that's a lesson that I learned because wow. what I learned, had, had I not gotten those blisters treated, I, I may not have finished my Camino. And had I not finished the Camino, I certainly wouldn't have written a book about it. So that really small act of kindness on his part had a huge impact on me. And that's something that, that I try to try to keep in mind as, as I see strangers in need going forward. No kidding. So that, again, another powerful story. And I love that story in particular because it, it kind of had a nice little twist to it that I didn't really see coming. So what kind of advice do you have to somebody or, you know, somebody who's talking to you and you would apply this to somebody who's going into work today? How would you apply this story to somebody who's maybe going into work today and you want them to make others feel welcome? Yeah, you know, one of the big things is if you're a leader at work, it's really uh, make, make that expectation clear for your folks that, hey, you know, let's let's make sure that we're, we're making people feel welcome. And, and one of the, some simple things you can do there is just have, you know, protocols and, and some other things. So, if, you know, if someone comes in after hours, you know, they, they call in, they've got a problem. Well, here's how we resolve that. You know, I remember one time I was I was at work and it was after hours and, and somehow the, the call center rolled to my desk and. You know, it was after hours, but the person had a complaint. And I, I, I took the note and all that stuff, and I, and I walked it down to the, um, to the call center to, to work on that next morning because you know, the, the guy didn't know that he had the COO instead of a CSR on the phone. But, but I wanted to make sure that he, he knew that we treated his, uh, his call with uh, respect and, and made him feel welcome. So I think the biggest thing leaders can do is just is lead by example. With Golden Nugget number three, we talk about living in the moment. Now, again, this is something that I think a lot of us struggle with today, and, and myself especially. And I loved reading in the book the how you loaded your phone up with audiobooks. And for myself, if I was to do the walk one day, I'd probably load it up with podcasts. And I, I you know, you load it up with audiobooks for listening while you're walking. And on your first day when you first started, you decided that you would wait until you were bored to listen. Did you end up listening? Yes or no? Lead us through that story and tell us the, the leadership <laughs> lesson behind living in the moment. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So I had hundreds of hours of audiobooks, and then I just, I just waited to put the headphones in, and I never ended up putting those headphones in the whole 30-plus days of, of walking. Um, and in many ways, that, that changed, changed my Camino in some ways changed my life because what I found is that when you don't have these you know, white earbuds in your ear, mm-hmm. uh, it does two things. So the, the first thing it does is it makes you pay attention to the rest of the world because you're just, you've got to find other ways to entertain yourself. And, and you know, if, you, if you let yourself, you know, there's plenty of things out there that will uh, – uh, plenty of things to engage in. But I think even in some ways, the more important thing is when you take those earbuds out, you're more open for other people to talk to you. You don't mm-hmm. look like you're distant. So, you know, I ended up making friends from all over the world on the Camino and, and one in particular that, you know, really changed my life. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, if I, it kind of makes me shudder to think had I had my headphones in on the Camino, I wouldn't have met these people and, and my life would be forever changed. So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, just unplug sometimes and really just let, let the world, um, 
kind of happen to you and be in the moment is a big powerful lesson I learned that way. Yeah, you removed your earphones, and I love that in the book. You call them weapons of mass distraction. And by, remo- <laughs> yeah. by removing those on your hike, it really opened you up and made you more aware of the people around you and more open to um, having conversations or paying attention to certain things that maybe you wouldn't have been paying attention to because you got those things in your ear and you're paying attention to the audiobook and maybe you found something that was interesting. And not to say it's a bad thing, but to me, I believe that people really need to separate the two. When I'm jogging on a treadmill or, for example, if I'm riding in a car or a subway, I think it's a great opportunity for me to keep my earbuds in and to learn something while I'm really staying stationary. But for yourself, when you're in this you know, in this uh, experience, you want to make sure that you're taking in that experience to the fullest. And it's something that, you know, yours truly will try to work on. And then I'm going to try to really put into practice as I move forward. Because for anybody who knows me, you know that I always have my, my, my Apple AirPods on and I'm always listening to something. It's always an audiobook or a podcast or something. And I pride myself on that because I always learn. But the one thing that I do know about and that, you know, the big leadership lesson from your book that really resonated with me was that I'm always distracted in the fact that I'm not really living in the moment. I'm living through my phone. I'm living through that episode. And my mind is not really active on what's happening in front of me. And this happens all the time and it happened just last week where I was sitting there listening to a podcast and I was so engaged in the podcast. That's where my mind was. And then I had this friend who walked by and they walked by and I hadn't seen them in years and they waved to me. I didn't even see them wave to me. And I was like, <laughs> afterwards, I, I, I had no idea. Afterwards, they hit me up on Facebook and they're like, Ryan, did you know that I waved today? And I was like, I had no idea. Where'd you wave to me? And they said, oh, I waved to you walking down the street here. And at that moment in time, I was really deep into an audiobook and I wasn't really paying attention. And so again, that was an opportunity to talk to somebody that I hadn't seen in about 15 years that I really would have loved to talk to, but I really missed it because I wasn't living in the moment. And I'm not to say that, you know, yeah. you're all going to have similar experiences, but I think it's it's an important lesson to sometimes, you know, take in and say, maybe unplug and pay attention to the small things around you. Almost like sm- smell the flowers, feel the breeze through your, through your uh, oh, in my case, I don't have hair, but feel it through my face or feel it through my beard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but this idea of living in the yep. moment is a very important lesson that I think a lot of us need to remember. So golden nugget number four, very simple, share. So talk to us about the I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this man, but talk to us about the Bodegas Irach Winery and the leadership lesson from that one. Yeah, so it's you know on the Camino pilgrims end up sharing a lot of things with each other. You, you share food, you share stories, and in many cases you, you share kind of a uh, you know beds in like these big communal uh, hostels as well. So you know one of my you see examples of sharing everywhere. And my favorite one was. Uh, was this uh, this wine uh, this wine shop? So I was uh, actually a winery. So part of the Camino goes through the beautiful wine regions of Navarre and Rioja, and then uh, as you walk to this one, there's a wine fountain, and it's it's uh, it's free wine, red and white wine for pilgrims. So you, you kind of you know I sat down there and I filled my water bottle up and you know, chatted with some other folks who were who were sitting there as well, and you know, you know after uh, and then after like drinking my you know, Drinking the water bottle full of wine. The 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 hike went a little bit slower that day, but um, <laughs> after I after I left there though, you know, my I enjoyed it. But then my MBA brain kicked in, and I was like, why on earth would this would this winery do this? It just seems like it's a hassle and mm. and probably not a good idea. But then then I started figuring out that you know the winery all they basically done is they happen to have a, um, a a distribution facility right on the Camino. So all they did is they basically poked a hole in the wall. And they were sharing wine that probably wasn't their most expensive, and it and they they had no transportation costs, so it was basically almost free for them to share it. 
But when they were sharing it, it was given enormous value to pilgrims because it was just a real lift and made us feel valued and welcome on the trail. So I, you know, I kind of realized that you know, that um, what they were doing is they had found a profitable giveaway. Mm. So this winery figured out something that they were sitting on that wasn't really a lot of cost to them, but when they gave it away, it created enormous value. And then I think that's a big lesson for you know, for leaders and companies and elsewhere, which is think about where you can share experiences or, or things with your customers that really don't cost you anything, but, but give the customer a big benefit. And, and one of my favorite examples, I think, in the U.S. in sports is, you know, you, in baseball, you know, when, when a ball player kind of throws a, a baseball in the stands to a kid, you know, that, that baseball costs the team nothing, but it becomes a priceless memento for that kid. And just, you know, think about places like where you can do that and share value that way that, that doesn't really cost you much, but creates enormous values for others. Yeah, and this is for my marketing people out there. This is one of the things that I love most uh, when it comes down to marketing and special events, for example. I like to really collect, uh, connect with my, with my customers, with my prospects, and I'll connect with them as people and learn a little bit about them. And we'll do things like a sushi-making event or you know, we'll, we'll, make, we'll make Thai food together. Or There's all these different types of events locally that you can do that really don't cost you a lot, but it really brings an opportunity to, to bring you together. And um, those in particular, I really, really love. And this was a nice reminder of that to ensure that those are in my marketing strategy and things that are definitely high value to our customers but really don't cost us a whole lot in the end so this is a really nice takeaway for the marketers out there i love it golden nugget number five feel the spirit of those who have come before you so again this we kind of talked about a little bit we alluded to this one originally when you talked about um again jose Givalino and, and and the experience and how that really changed you and i can really understand how that would have an impact on you where you sit down and you just reflect on it and you say, wow, like this man walked the exact same path that I did and he didn't have the pleasure of making it up the hill and seeing the sunrise that I did. And that moment in particular, when I read that in the book, that resonated with me. Now, if I was there, man, would that have a really impactful um, message <laughs> and, and, and you know, an impact on me essentially. So maybe talk to us again about this golden nugget number five, the idea of feel the spirit of those who have come before you. Yeah, so uh, what's one of the neat things about the Camino is people have been walking this trail for over a thousand years. So, you know, this uh, the trails actually survived through all the wars in Europe, through all the, uh, the religious changes and all that kind of stuff. It, it even kind of thrived during the Black Plague in the 1300s. Wow. So there's just so much history on this trail that you're walking in the steps that you know Ro- Roman legionnaires walked in, that pilgrims from from, you know, from a thousand years have walked. Um, and then so you, you, you can't help but feel the, the power of, of these folks. But I kind of learned the, uh, the power of, of uh, feeling those who've gone before you in a different way, which was when I decided to walk the trail, I, you know, I, I kind of said, all right, I'm going to start you know, here and I'm going to end here. And I knew I had about 450 miles to go and I knew I had about 30 days to do it. So, I, you know, I figured out I got a map. And I looked at, you know, all the places because I didn't want to camp. Mm-hmm. So I looked at all the little towns about 15 miles apart and they became a big kind of trade-off because you know some days you have to walk less some days you have to walk more but if you get too far from 15 miles a day it it really kind of uh, messes up the whole plan so i uh, it took me I, I built this big spreadsheet out and I, I listed all the cities little towns along the way and i found you know places to stay and made reservations and all this kind of stuff and and it, it took me several days and by the end of it i had this really big spreadsheet and i was really proud of myself because you know when i went to business school at wharton they taught us this uh, this thing called linear programming, which is how to do trade-offs models and stuff. And it was never useful in the real world, but I finally had a chance to use it, and I was really proud of myself. <laughs> and then uh, and then just before I left, I said I should probably get a map. So I, 
I bought a book with a map in it, and then I, I opened the book up and I realized, you know, the, they had like the, they had, they had done the, the trail in these thirty day stages. So day one was basically what I had figured out. Day two was the same. So by going through this massive analysis, I recreated this book, and I, I wasn't feeling feeling the spirit of those who'd gone before before me because if I were smart, I would have thought that you know if people been walking this trail for a thousand years, someone's probably come up with a pretty good route mm-hmm. and pretty good itinerary, but. You know, I just I kind of dug in because I figured I'm a smart guy. You know, I, I know how to get data and and, and do research. Hmm. So I dug right in, and that to me that's a really powerful lesson for work too. Because you know, a lot of times when we get a new project or something, we just want to really just jump and start right in and, and get moving. But in some ways, the smartest thing we can do is just kind of take a step back at first and say, "Has anyone else done this before? Mm-hmm. Let me see who I can talk to to learn and, and get their perspective instead of just." charging forward. So that was a, yeah. a really powerful way for me to think about those who've come before me at yeah. work. Yeah, that in particular, again, it's a lesson that resonated with me. And I know it's going to resonate with a lot of you out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation. But the challenge with this lesson is that it's a hard lesson to learn. And what I mean by that is a lot of times our ego gets in the way. And we think that we know more than we do. And I'm talking to a lot of you millennials out there. And I'm a millennial too, so I can say that. But we believe that we know better a lot of the times. And that Listen, the people who have came before, who have come before us, they came through a different world, man. They don't, they don't understand us. You know, I, I think I can get this. I think I can figure this out. And I've told this story on the podcast before where I was working with one of my marketing mentors, Chet Holmes, many, many years ago. And Chet and I, we were talking about a campaign that I was running. And he offered me his suggestion, despite the fact that I went to him to ask him to be my mentor. And I asked him for help, but I, I disagreed with him. I said, listen, Chet, I, I just... I think you're wrong, man. I think I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go ahead and execute in this fashion. And he said, listen, man, if you go ahead and execute like that, I'm not going to stop you because you got to learn your lessons. But what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to write on a piece of paper these top seven things that are going to happen to you that are going to go wrong on your campaign. I'm going to send it to you by mail. <laughs> do not open this letter up until your campaign is done and you failed. And I started laughing. I'm like, okay, man, whatever you say kind of thing, you know, ignorant, you know, young, smart ass. So he sends it to me by mail. I keep it on my desk. I execute dramatically like, or, or it was, it was a, a fantastic failure. The, the campaign, just as he thought. So as we're sitting there talking on our coaching call, he goes, Hey, by the way, open up that letter. As I open up the letter, he nails all seven things that went wrong. And I laugh. I'm like, Matt, how did you know? He's like, I've been there, man. I've been in the trenches. I've walked the path. He's like, you're just so stubborn and so, you know, uh, hard headed. You didn't want to take a minute just to listen to me. And I felt like that was such a powerful example right there. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful, so grateful that he taught me that lesson. I, I constantly tell that story because it was just so impactful for me. But a lot of us aren't going to have experiences like that. A lot of us are going to listen, are, are going to work with a coach or work with a VP or a manager, a director, or somebody who's been in an organization for a long time. And we're going to listen to what they say, but we're going to say, ah, I know better than you. The idea of feel the spirit of those who have come before you, it's all about learning from those who have essentially more experience than us, people who have been there, done that, people who know the game better. You know, I think that this is one of the toughest things to do is to drop our ego and to say, hey, maybe I need to ask more questions from this person. Maybe I need to be more curious. Maybe I need to listen more. Maybe I need to try something that they're suggesting and see how that works. But I'm telling you people out there, everyone out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, if you can really take this one to heart and learn from those who have come before you, I think it's going to make you more, I think it's going to make you a stronger professional. And I think you're going to learn a lot of lessons from people who have definitely come before you. Golden nugget number six, 
appreciate those who walk with you today. So before we're talking, or in the last Golden Nugget, we're talking about people who have walked before us, but now we're talking about people who walk with us today. So share with us the story around this one and, and the leadership lesson from it. Yeah, so it's neat when you when you walk the trail, you're walking with people from all different countries and all different ages and all different backgrounds. Uh, but, but in some ways, the, the most impactful story for me on, on my first Camino was I was walking with a woman and she had her little dog with her. So this, it was like, kind of like a dash hound, you know, tiny little legs. And the first day we walked together, um, it was a nice shady day and, and the clouds everywhere. And the dog was running around chasing butterflies and we just had, we had, we had a heck of a time. The next day, the, uh, the sun came out and that poor little dog, instead of chasing butterflies, was, was uh, basically looking for puddles to, to lay in to cool off. And it, I realized that 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 dog probably wasn't going to survive if if uh, if we kept you know she wanted to keep walking for another couple few hundred miles. Mm. So I I confronted her and you know I said hey you know maybe you need to carry the dog or uh, adjust your plans or take the hot dog home. And then but she, she said she you know, she wouldn't do that. So then I had to do kind of the the most dramatic thing that one pilgrim can do to another, which is to say, well I'm not going to walk with you anymore unless mm. you take care of that dog. And then, so I, she didn't, so I ended up, you know, I, I said, yeah, I, I left her. Hmm. And then about a day or two later, I heard from other pilgrims that she had gone back and, and taken the dog back home. Awesome. So the, the lesson for me in that one was, you know, as, as leaders, we walk with a lot of different people, but we've got a real responsibility to look out for the most, most vulnerable among us. Because, you know, that poor little dog couldn't speak for itself, couldn't say that this wasn't a good thing, but I could. And I had that, I felt that, that moral obligation to speak up for that dog. And I think that that's an important thing at work as well in, in the workplace, which is, you know, th- think about those who are, are with us who are vulnerable and, and, and uh, you know, we really have an obligation to, to kind of uh, to look out for them and, um, yeah. and speak up for them when they, when they may not be able to do it for themselves. It really comes down to having compassion and really caring for, your, for you know, your fellow co-worker, your, your peers. And far too often we get caught up and we don't, we don't think about that. You know, we get caught up in, in climbing the corporate ladder or, or I just got to get this project to done. And we don't think about people's feelings, their emotions, you know, their story, where they came from, how are they feeling? And, you know, I, I, I think about a lot of the people that I work with today and the challenges they have. And, you know, for example, when their performance slips, it's so easy for us to just say, oh, man, like you're, you're just lazy. You're stupid. You don't get it. You know, and, and we don't exercise this idea of compassion. But, you know, when we think about the people who are with us right now and that we're working with them, it's, it's you know, what's what's the underlying cause? What's the reason for it? And, you know, I'm not going to get into deep stories because I know a lot of people listen to the podcast, but there's a lot of people that I work with who are going through some really tough stuff at home. And, you know, instead of just getting hard on them on the project, you know, sit down with them and, and have a conversation. So some of these people I'll sit down and I'll have coffee with them and I'll understand where they're coming from. And by being a, 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 just an, an ear to them, by listening to them, hearing them out, it really helps them and it gives them an opportunity to open up. And I've, I've, I don't know why, man, but I, I, I never, never surprises me just how impactful just listening to people is and opening up, um, you know, your door to people who are having challenges and, and being somebody who's very receptive to that. People really respect that and they really love that. And, you know, it's one of those things that I think I do very well is that I, I just care a lot about people and um, very in tune with people's emotions and, and where they're coming from and, and, and the reason for how they feel certain ways. And I think that it's not something that we do too much. You know, we don't really exercise compassion in the workplace. And I definitely think that that's a lesson from the book that will help us not become, you know, it'll definitely help us become better leaders, but of course it's going to help us become better people as well. So I really love that. Appreciate those who walk with you today. Now, as we wrap this one up, golden nugget number seven, 
The last lesson here is imagine those who will follow you. So again, we're talking about looking forward and, and, and really learning from people who've come before us. We talk about compassion and working and learning from people who are walking with us right now. But now we have to think about people who will follow us, people who will come after us. So talk a little, talk to us about this one and the leadership lesson from it. Yeah, in many ways, I think this is one of the biggest lessons of the Camino because the Camino, as I mentioned, has, has been around for a thousand years. And, and there aren't really many things that have survived for a thousand years. Um, and, and are thriving like the Camino is today. And I think the, the real lesson for that is is because pilgrims, as, as they walk it, they know that there's going to be someone, you know, five minutes behind them, five years behind them, even like, you know, probably five centuries behind them on the Camino. So pilgrims have this ethos that they want to leave the trail in as good a shape or even better than they found it. So they, you know, they, they you don't, you tend not to see a whole lot of litter on the trail. Uh, people kind of take care of the hospital that they stay in and, and they help each other out. And I think this is a really important lesson for leaders in, in business and elsewhere, too, because when you think about uh, your job, hopefully you're not the last person who's going to be in your job. Your organization's going to you know, continue and, and thrive after you retire or move on to another job or something else. So as leaders, we have a real obligation, I think, to make sure that the actions we take and the decisions we make and, and other things that we do are setting up our successors for success. So, you know, it's, it's important to make sure we're making the right investments. Make sure that we're um, really thinking about the precedents we're setting and, and things like that, because you know our, we, we're kind of a caretaker for the the role that we have today, but we have to leave it in even better shape for those who uh, who follow us down our road. Well, I realized this. It's funny after reading this one, I, I really realized this one many many years ago, where I knew that I wouldn't be in that organization forever. I was on a contract, and, and the contract was going to end in two years. So, you know, the way I looked at this and my perspective on it was, I'm going to leave this better. Than when I first came to it. And I'm going to tell people, like, my journey along the way. When the next person comes in, when the marketing director comes in here and they took over the job, I want them to understand, essentially, more terms of this, this book, the path that I walked. And what I did was I outlined, you know, sort of a document of lessons learned along the way. And the lessons learned document to me was so important that this... It ended up starting off as just this one-page thing with some bullet notes, and then I started to get a little bit longer with my stories, and at the end of it, I had maybe about 30 pages of, of just, you know, 10-point font lessons learned in this role, and it was something that my client now continues to do with all roles, whether you're a project manager or whether you're a designer, whether you're a new VP coming in. He wants you to capture your lessons learned because it'll help the other people who come after after you. Um, learn from the things that you've gone through, and they. Everyone who starts the job, a part of, as part of your onboarding, you have to read the lessons learned from those who have come before you. And it was all because I just wanted to kick that off, and I love that. And it's good stimulus for everybody out there who maybe wants to, you know, take this this idea of imagine those who will follow you and turn it into something very tangible in your office. How many of you have a lessons learned document? How many of you have a lessons learned charter where in your role, you every time you learn a lesson, every time you experience some sort of pain, you have to write down the lesson in that. And that lesson can then be shared with your coworkers, with people who come after you. But that by itself is something I truly love, something I very much value and something that I continue to do today and something that I want all of you out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation to learn from. And again, this really is backed up by this last leadership lesson from you. Imagine those who will follow you. That is, my friends, the Camino Way, Lessons in Leadership from a Walk Across Spain by Victor Prince. And man, Victor, thank you so much for coming on this show. I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing a lot of these lessons with everyone out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation. And 
many of these lessons are very easy to put into practice and uh, for us it's just a dedication to continually bettering ourselves and there's a lot of things here that will help us become better leaders but especially better human beings so for anybody who wants to read this book or for anyone who wants to read more about what you're doing or follow you online how can they go about doing that yeah the, the best way is uh, my website so victorprince.com and then so you can find uh, this book and my other books and then i'm also on, on the tour for the book because the book's coming out in spanish this month and it comes awesome. out in korean and, and chinese after that so you can see uh, you can see all about that in, on victorprince.com Awesome. Excellent. Well, again, Victor, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you so much for making time for myself and for everyone out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation. It's a true pleasure. Thanks, Ryan. Great to talk to you. All right. There we have it. That's The Camino Way, Lessons in Leadership from a Walk Across Spain with Victor Prince. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, then please go online, rate and review the show. Don't forget to send the rating, the review to podcast at Just take a screen capture of it, send it to me, and I'll make sure you get into the draw every quarter for a prize. And I will let you know what that prize is very shortly. So stay tuned for that. Also, don't forget to connect me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, just say hi. Tell me you found me through the podcast, and if you've already connected to me, then just please send me a quick line, send me a quick note. I know so many of you do that all the time, and I love it when you do that. So please don't hesitate just to say hi. Tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you're working on because I'm always interested in hearing who's out there listening. All right, everybody, that is a wrap for this week. So thank you so much once again for tuning in. I will catch you back here next week when I have a brand new book, brand new Golden Nuggets, an interview with an author. And of course, every single week, you know what I'm doing. We're just trying to save you a little bit of time and bring you some information that can spark real change in your life. Have an awesome, productive, inspired week, everybody. I love you all. A warrior is a way of life, a way of thinking, a way of being. Carlos Castaneda says we choose only once to be warriors or ordinary. We choose only once because choosing to be a warrior alters your fundamental approach to life. While others will view everything as a blessing or a curse, you will see only challenges. And a warrior lives to overcome challenges. Every warrior has a code, an ethos. It is an invisible thread that connects him to all of his warrior brothers and sisters since the beginning of time. Stephen Pressfield asks, how do we find our true calling? our soul companions, our destiny, the answers. In this task, our greatest ally is the warrior ethos. A warrior never hopes, but yet he must have faith. Hope is powerless, useless. The longer we sit in hope, the more time we waste. Because the universe gives only what is sought, only what is believed. Because at times not every path is clear and not every enemy a fire and dragon. When the forest is dark, the warrior holds his ground with faith that if he remembers the warrior code, the light to illuminate the darkness will come. For the warrior, the body is as important as the mind, for the two are inseparable. Daniel Bolelli writes, a person who knows there's a wild wolf living under his skin is less likely to be intimidated by reality. When the mind is in doubt, the body provides tangible proof. A warrior is not an ascetic. He does not deny himself the pleasures of conquest simply for the sake of denying them. He realizes that in doing so, it is easy to think he is doing great things when really he is just focused on himself. But neither is he attached to these pleasures. He can walk away from them at any time. Sometimes he does, just to prove it to himself. The warrior is a natural leader, and he leads under one principle, 
follow me. When Alexander the Great was threatened with mutiny after years of brutal campaigning in India, he stepped forth, stripped off his armor, and challenged his men. Bring forth a man who has bled more than me and we will go home. No one stepped forth, because it was Alexander, riding his horse Bucephalus with a double-plumed helmet, leading every charge. His men erupted in cheers and pounded their shields. The warrior is a believer. As Paulo Coelho says, because he believes in miracles, miracles begin to happen. Because he is sure that his thoughts can change his life, his life begins to change. Because he is certain that he will find love, love appears. A warrior is highly tuned to sense danger, but he does not fear. He does not fear because pain is temporary and death an illusion. What is eternal cannot die, and he knows that he will laugh, he will love, and he will fight for all eternity, in this world or some other. If he errs, if he wanders, if he indulges in self-pity, he does not despair. He knows that he is human, and he remembers the choice that he made. He picks his sword back up from the ground and resumes the path of the warrior. A warrior fights for one reason alone, love. Love of life, love of what is good, love of family, love of tribe, and love for his infinite soul on the quest for impeccability. He lets love swell in his heart, flushing through every cell of his being until he can't help but proclaim, like Cyrano de Bergerac, I am going to be a storm, a flame, I need to fight whole armies alone. I have ten hearts. I have a hundred arms. I feel too strong to war with mortals. Bring me 